What is poppin', everybody? This is your main man, Charles S. Livingston, reporting live from Marion, Arkansas, where tonight we're uh, recording a joyous, <laughs> a absolutely joyous edition of the Hogcast. Uh, you got your usual crew in the house, myself, Logan Livingston. Logan? What's up, guys? And Colby Yarbrough. What is up, everyone? And later in the show, we're also going to have uh, Alabama superfan, um, just just a big tied guy, uh, Hayden George on. He's going to talk about, help us preview the upcoming Alabama game. We're going to get some input from him, uh, sort of the state of the fan base and what he sees in the for the Arkansas game. Um, but we can commiserate about Alabama anytime. Uh, <laughs> we can only celebrate Tennessee a few more days this week. And it was uh, it was a glorious day to be a Hog fan last Saturday, uh, perhaps for no Hog fan more than uh, Logan. Logan, you actually made the trip to Knoxville. What did you think about your experience? Uh, really good experience. It was my first road win, I guess, since 1998, I think, since we went to that mm. Memphis game. And so, you know, we got down early, 14 to nothing, and I was like, man, we drove all this way for – for this like i thought we we're gonna get ran out charlie you actually texted me and you're like man you can get a head start right now Logan. you can beat that traffic of- man you're up in them great smoky <laughs> mountains yeah like so i mean i was feeling that way and i was like man here we go again we're going to lay this egg in knoxville but i mean proud of the guys they fought back you know i mean if you'd have told me we got down 14 to nothing and then came back and won i'd have been like no way that's not our game at all but, but we exactly. did not our game at all but you know i think uh, as me we, we coined this game the bird off the great bird off of 2015 <laughs> And I think it, I think it, it's, it lived up to its hype. I really it lived do. Up. I mean, you got Bert faking a field goal at four. You got uh, for no reason. You got yeah. It's just all kinds of good stuff going on. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a great. You game. You had Butch coaching the entire game with both hands wrapped around his neck. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, choking to death. But no, I mean, you great had happen- Dobbs shaving points. It was yeah. phenomenal. <laughs> I watched the highlights yesterday when I got back to Memphis, and yeah, there was there was a couple of hilarious plays that I couldn't see there from Dobbs. Dobbs was just falling down. Like, <laughs> like I saw there was one time where uh, our our guys we had a we had a our quarterback Brandon Allen fell down and our receiver fell down. Like yeah. Brandon Brandon threw it while falling down, and then I think Kendrick Edwards fell down too. It was it was high comedy, guys. But uh, I'm really really glad to be on the winning side for once, though. In one of these bird offs, I think that was because uh, I mean, like we talked about, I think. You know that that really almost puts a nail in the Butch Butch Jones era in Tennessee. Um, really puts a damper in it, losing to a bad Arkansas team at home. Uh, on the play you're talking about with BA and the receiver, I was watching at uh, Sammy Hagar Sports Bar in West Memphis, and uh, this Hog fan who had been drinking pretty, it was pretty sauced up at this point. Probably two pitchers of Miller Lite in. It may not have been Miller Lite. I'm just guessing. He just screams out, "What the f- is going on?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, people laugh, but here's the thing. I was wondering it, too. I was like, man, this is a circus. Like, good it Lord. Was, it was – you know what the funny thing is? Tennessee's band, their halftime show, was literally circus-themed. Can't Are make, you serious? Cannot make this up. Cannot make this up. <laughs> they were, like, put, they were like doing formations of clowns and, like, uh, like trapeze acts. It was crazy. Literally were any circus. Were any of them a bricklayer? Because that's what Butch Jones, what he wants to do with this program. He wants to lay it brick by brick. Were any of them a bricklayer? Laying bricks. No, none of that. None of that going on. Um, oh, okay. Well. Man, uh, I, I, mean, I was talking to you before the show, but it's like, I thought we were negative. Like, I really thought we were the negative ones, but man, Tennessee fans. They got it worse, man. They, they really do. I mean, I heard I heard them call Butch, Butch Dooley. They were chanting it at one point in the end. And I was like, man, these guys hate this guy so much. Here's um, the thing. 
they after they play Georgia and out, they've got a couple big games left. They got Georgia now, but like they're going to be able to turn it on late in the season. Like they've got some legitimately winnable games. They've got some Kentucky. They've got some Vandy. Like they shouldn't be this negative. Like like well, these mugs like, out here. Can they get the six wins though? I mean, because they're not beating Georgia and Bama, probably. No, no, you write those off. But they're what two and three? Yeah. Okay, they're two and three. I mean, they got Vandy, Georgia, Kentucky, Missouri. South Carolina. Yeah, they can get to six. Are you kidding me? Like, these bugs are going to fill up uh, the are Music you... City Bowl. What? Okay, they've got two wins. South Carolina, uh, North Texas. So okay, there's dub, four. dub. Kentucky probably going to get them. Five. There's five guaranteed wins. Kentucky going to get them, y'all. Kentucky, it's at Kentucky, and it's at Missouri. So it's a coin they have, flip. They have... They'll win one of those. I'm just saying. But Butch and his Twitter followers will find a way to get one of those wins. <laughs> I'm telling you, they, how many followers is he up to now? Is he losing them yet, or what God. happens? Well, I know there was a bunch of people in my area that said they got birded like I did. They got blocked on Twitter by old Butch Dooley. They said they called him No Butch way! Dooley. Yeah, they called him Butch Dooley one too many times, and Butch put the band hammer on him, man. So uh, we got There's a lot of similarities here between uh, old Butch Dooley and Bert. There, there's a lot. A lot of similarities. They blocked him? Oh, my God. I had no idea that coaches there of were, Division One. Football some, could be so thin-skinned. There were some Tennessee fans. I, I, I shit you not. He, they were sitting like front row seats at, at this game, and they left at the beginning, of the beginning of the fourth quarter. They were like, "I know how this ends," and left. Did he like, know how how our season goes though? That's what Burns? I told him. I kept telling him the whole time, and then the fans above me kept saying, "Well, somebody's got to win." And I was like, "That's <laughs> what we've been saying." Exactly. <laughs> so they get it, man. But yeah, that guy literally okay. left in the beginning of the fourth quarter. He's like, "I've seen this like too many times. I'm done." And he left, and I guess he's glad he did because I, I mean, must say, yeah, I bet he's the happiest guy. Yeah, he he got to miss that whole fourth quarter. So. Wow. So, well, what was the most amazing part of the Neyland Stadium experience? Uh, the third down for what thing was actually, I mean, it was annoying, but it was actually pretty loud. I'm not going to lie. It was, it was by outside of the sugar bowl in 2010. I think it was the loudest environment I've been in. Uh, well, they've got actually, a million people in there. There like, was 103,000 people there on Saturday night. That's um, incredible. It was incredible. Yeah. For, to watch two teams that are, you know, in a bird off. Uh, yeah. In a bird off. So, I mean, I was impressed. I mean, the fans for the most part were pretty, pretty, uh, pretty good. Uh, you know, you didn't have any Georgia fans like we had last year in Little Rock, which is good because those guys are awful. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I had no complaints. I mean, the stadium was – it didn't look as big, honestly, as I expected it to be. I really thought – I mean, I know it's huge, but I guess it's not this, like, marvel when you walk in thinking it's, like, massive. It looked like a pretty average stadium, but obviously it's not. Obviously it's freaking huge. Um, it, it's really set in a beautiful place, too, just off the river. You know, they yeah, have the volunteer yeah. Navy and stuff. That's really actually pretty cool. Yeah, it was um, awesome. Um Man, another thing that happened, listen to this. So there's these other season ticket holders to the left of us, and this goes to show you how bad it is down in Knoxville right now. They said that they've been coming to games for 30 years and that the Tennessee band always stays after games, no matter win or lose, to play the Tennessee Waltz, I think. And they mm-hmm, straight yeah. up just walked out of there in the fourth quarter. No way. The band just left. That That's remarkable. Yeah, she, was that... like, she said it was the first time in 30 years she's seen it where they just left. Well, l- l- losing the bird will do that to you. Look, I'm telling you, if I was if I'm Tennessee fans, I'm pretty hurt right now. Can you imagine, man? You just got out executed by Brett Bielema, <laughs> a, a one and three Arkansas team on your field. Like, yep. Yep. Uh, that's incredible. Wow. That, well, I mean, that, that that's incredible. That, that's the, thanks for the roundup on that, man. Uh, yep. That's yep. Uh, Colby. Got any other questions to ask Logan about his experience? No. <laughs> 
All right. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. I mean to hurt your feelings. <laughs> oh, oh, man. You got, got time for that. Uh, well, let's go, let's talk about the game then. Uh, obviously, we all watched. Uh, Colby watched it on uh, tape delay. He was so he was so <laughs> was fed up. I was up, up to three a.m. Uh, well, you don't mind doing that for a win. I think for a loss, you probably would have thrown in the towel. Yeah, you just delete that DVR. Yeah, I actually had a wedding, and I thought it was at five, but it started at six. And so I just kept on Twitter, and the first thing I opened up in the wedding was Chuck saying, Logan, you might want to head home now. You, you, can, you can beat <laughs> some traffic. And so, That's a true story. Yeah, after after Tennessee kept... scored on its first drive, I was like, Logan, you probably start your descent. Man, you don't know how depressed I was because I was in the end zone where that guy ran the ran the kickoff back, and I was just oh, like, God. oh, my God. He ran right to us and like threw the ball down. I was like, oh, God, I hate my life right now. <laughs> how often do you hear Rocky Top up there? Oh, dude, we heard it like. 20 times just walking into the stadium. I was like, man, are we already down? Like, I texted you guys. I was like, man, did the game start early? Did Bert, did Bert spot him 20 points? Like, what's going on right now? Well, yeah, technically, we having Bird as your head coach, you are spotting them nine points a game. So Yeah. We heard it a lot in the first half. A negativity going on, guys. <laughs> even in a win. Even win, a victorious. I don't know if y'all knew that. <laughs> uh, so, so, Colby, so you got home from your wedding. You turned the DVR on. And, you know, you, you sort of – it was fun for me because I sort of got to relive it with you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was telling you, I was like, oh, um, Dominic Reed just scored, you know, and then, when I, you know, I, of course, I was just texting, you know, Logan's probably, leave me alone, it's like 2 a.m., of course, Chuck's up, but Logan's like, I'm going to bed. Yeah, I'm those so are my peak hours, so, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was awesome, um, and my wife's like, are you really going to stay up and watch it? I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to stay up and watch the game, <laughs> like, I don't, she's like, we lost to Toledo what? this year, we just beat a team, and in general, yeah. I'm, I'm watching it no matter what. Yeah, I mean. R- Ricky, we actually won for a change, yeah, I'm watching this whole thing. It, I mean, it was. I, I'm I'm happy. First of all, we won. I, I think there was still mis- mistakes, but I think Arkansas has kind of found their identity going forward. Um, I I don't know what happened. I guess is maybe D- Danny Nos was hired a new coordinator. It just se- didn't seem like the first three games they were really playing Arkansas ball. They were just trying to, I, you know, I don't know what happened. The offensive line was really weak, and and you know, I don't care if that we had to play a Butch Jones coach team to win. I mean, I think this might be what the team needed. I'm I'm not saying they're going to win out or anything, but um, this is kind of the team we expected going forward. How they're playing the last two games. Yeah, I think the offense is start, finally starting to gel a lot. I mean, early on we saw, you know, <clears throat> we were passing the ball a lot, like way too much for uh, a Brett Bielema offense. Um, and now we've kind of got the running game going, and the offense is very balanced yardage wise. Anyway, I think we were pretty even split uh last night or saturday night sorry uh but yeah i mean with raleigh raleigh's getting it together drew morgan's getting it together we got guys stepping up now which is huge this is what we needed uh having some key offensive guys step up and we're, we're getting that now which is which is definitely what we need i mean we haven't seen it in a while where one person goes down and someone steps up since i mean it's been a while so it, it's not especially a receiver position that's that struggled the last few years and then uh, this year it kind of looked like it'd be much improved, and then we lose our top two receivers, and here comes Drew Morgan, and he's just—I mean, he's, he's third in the SEC in receiving. If you told me at the beginning of the season that five games in, Brent Allen would be second in the league in passing, Callis Collins would be third in rushing, and Drew Morgan would be third in receiving, I would say we're probably undefeated right now. Five and zero, I agree, one hundred percent. I mean, yeah, that I mean, is crazy to me. Yeah, it's just right. I mean, honestly, I really don't. Our offense really isn't bad. It's just bad in the red zone. We can't seal the deal. Like we've been really good at marching down the field. We just can't knock it in. Now, what do y'all think that? I mean, I've heard you know national guys come on the sports shows, and I mean none of them really had answers. And I mean I don't know what it is. I mean because I mean they've went to they've went to like running three straight times. They've done passing three straight times. They mix it up. They just can't put it in. Do you think it's just they just it's a mental block or? It's the play calling. I think the play calling's 
I mean, I think eventually you just have to do what you do and score. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. We were really good in the red zone last year. I mean, what, top, what did you say, top 30 or 40 nationally and um, had a lot of success down there. I can't really explain that. Um, I mean, I think that we have stalled out. I mean, we've seen some, you know, it's harder to pass in the red zones or you're so much more compressed. And also not having Jonathan Williams, I think, was a thing. We, You know, Raleigh Williams is like he's stepped into that role now. But, you know, there were, until the A&M game, there were a lot of question marks there because – Alex couldn't get it going, and I think that as the running games evolve, we've gotten better down there, and that's a plus. But, um, you know, we, we, we played some good teams, and, uh, again, the other night it almost came back to haunt us. I mean, the reason we're even faking a field goal, which, God bless it. Um, <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. Um, but, again, like, we stalled out in the, in the red zone, and that's a situation that um, – you know, you really, a touchdown really puts you, and maybe that's what we were thinking when we called for the fake, but a touchdown puts you in great position. And instead, um, you know, you, you run a left-handed fake and you don't get anything out of it. And um, really it's kept other teams in a lot of games because let's face it, we sort of dominated that Tennessee game after their first offensive drive when they went up 14-0. We dominated that game. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we had it. We had so many opportunities to put them on ice. I mean, uh, we've had a we had a bunch of plays, a bunch of drives stalled. We had to, we got that blocked uh, field goal uh, where we could have definitely got seven. We had a couple yeah. of that would hurt, and then obviously the fake field goal that was another one. Um, we we had every. I was yeah. I was I really I, I wholeheartedly thought we were going to lose the game 27-24 after that because I mean that had been fitting like that had been very fitting and I'd have been in a Knoxville prison right now because I went to <laughs> after the game like that is exactly what would have happened. And Logan would be home the Tennessee waltz to himself in a straight jacket. <laughs> oh my god. And Rocky Top. Oh sweet home to me. But but again I haven't said that you know didn't play ex- extraordinarily well did get down fourteen to nothing. Brandon didn't have a very accurate uh, – he didn't throw the ball very accurately. Uh, he was, what, 11-24, but he made big plays. You know, I don't know if Dominique Reed, if that was just a, a one-time occurrence or if that was him emerging for good, but I think there are a lot of things to be encouraged about in the game. Obviously, Tennessee's not a lot – you know, they're, they're one of the – I mean, they're they're worse than us, so if you can yeah. fathom that. But uh, but I'm saying, again, you're on the road. You're, you're in a big place. I mean, that – there's a lot you can take away from that. I mean, that, that could be the shot in the arm of confidence I think Colby was talking about, right? Yeah, and in Tennessee, I mean, they're two and three, but they've, they've played they some really players. close games. I mean, they they almost beat Florida, who Florida's looking just like a juggernaut now. They killed it. It was at Florida, and, and then who else did they lose to? Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma. 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 I mean, so they've lost some good teams. So And Arkansas went into Neyland-Salem when – Tennessee had to win. Of course, they had a lot of pressure, and, and the running game was killing people, and Arkansas shut it down. So, I mean, Butch Jones finds ways to lose games, but I think a lot of it had to do with Arkansas. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think it was more about what Arkansas was able to do than what Tennessee didn't do. Um, again, anytime you get to run a kickoff back and you, you do stuff like that, but, you know, in Tennessee, they struggled in the red zone or in the Arkansas part of the field as much or as more as the Razorbacks did. So, um, you know, yeah, you got to give the defense a lot of credit because that's another – that's the third, fourth week in a row I feel like they've played a lot. But, well, since the Texas Tech debacle yeah. uh, where, where I really <laughs> wanted us to just burn Razorback Stadium to the ground. Uh, A&M, they played well, I thought. Uh, some of that could be contributed to them burning the clock, but I think they played well. And then I thought, you know, again, you go on the road in the SEC, I don't care who you play, 
and you surrender one defensive touch, you know, one offensive touchdown to that team, that's that's getting it done pretty well. So if the yeah. defense plays like that, they can win some games. Yeah, the most encouraging thing to me was seeing that Jalen Hurd. That's all I heard going to the stadium. Mm. How Jalen Hurd was going to kill us. He's going to run all over us. He had less than 100 yards, which is for a stud like that, y- you hang your hat on that. And also, you know, Josh Dobbs was really not successful at doing really much of anything um, at all in this game. He only had seven yards rushing, which again, that was another thing that we kept hearing going in that Dobbs was going to, you know, be a game changer with his legs. But I mean, it never really happened. And you know, we've always had problems with running quarterbacks. You know, we always talk about that, but we really shut this guy down. Um, and he didn't really have much success throwing the ball either, especially when it mattered. He always was overthrowing, or uh, we had we had guys covered for the most part too. I mean, I didn't really see a whole lot of guys just running wide open. I think what we did to what teams did to us last year, they made us pass to, be, to beat them, and I think that's Arkansas did. You know, even that first half, that, that or, or Tennessee was kind of getting the edges a little bit. Arkansas came and nipped, you know, they changed it in the second half and didn't let them, them do that, and it really shut them down in the second half. I mean, it, Arkansas just dominated. Like Chuck said, they dominated after them first two possessions of Tennessee. Yeah, and really, like, it was just one possession, the one yeah, kickoff yeah. return. Yep. That was the one big, like, encouraging thing to me is to see – uh, see us stop the run so much because obviously we've got LSU coming uh, here in a few weeks and I think that's the one wild card for us that maybe we can get an upset and win just because they're completely one dimensional um, and if we can stop the run I think we got a really good chance at winning that game so me looking forward with the with the foresight I was really I really really enjoyed seeing that a lot what I like is it seems like ever since like Toledo we've we've made improvements to kind of what was at Toledo, we couldn't run the ball. We come to Texas Tech, our, our offense is a little better. We go from Texas Tech to Texas A&M, our, our defense is a lot better. We go from Texas A&M to Tennessee, we cut down penalties. So if we can keep making improvements every week, I'm hopeful in the red zone offense because we're putting up like a ton of yards. Like if you look at our yards, you're like, we should be putting up a ton of points and we just haven't been. So if they can ever get that done, like I was texting y'all, I'm like, this is a really good team and they can yep. turn the corner and maybe you know win seven games. So what Colby's saying is we're going to beat Bama this weekend. I'm not saying that. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that later. That's a nice little teaser right there. I, I, did, um, I did say if we beat Tennessee, we'll win seven games. So that kind of means I have to pick Arkansas to beat Alabama or LSU. And I'm not picking Arkansas to beat Ole Miss, so it's one of those two. You're not picking them to beat Ole Miss? No, I, Kelly. I, I just don't think we match up really well with them. I think we match up better with Alabama and uh, LSU just because oh, they have a – Because we're better against the run. We're better against the run, so. Yeah. That makes more sense. Well, Swag Kelly's going to throw all over us, I think. So, I mean, I can see us. I, I, I see us being a better shot. I agree with Eric Coley. Sure. Uh, well, that's interesting. And, um, you know, and, and we'll get to all that, too. Uh, let's get to the thing everybody, I think, tune into. Let's just grade the bird off as a whole. Uh, <laughs> C- C- Colby, did the bird off live up to your expectations of what you expected in uh, one of the worst coached uh, games in SEC history? Or, or did it leave something to be desired? Um, I enjoyed it because Arkansas went uh, one. You know, yeah. I I don't. Th- I mean, you had a few missed field goals and stuff, and um, a block field goal, a, a fake field goal that didn't succeed. So yeah, I you think had a kickoff was, return. And, and I, I don't. I don't think it was. I think both are decent coaches until it comes to the fourth quarter. And it, it, funny thing about it, it was the fourth quarter is the biggest thing, and neither team scored in the fourth quarter. <laughs> Colby, the fourth quarter's 25% of the entire game. Nobody wanted they, to win the game. It, that was like a big thing coming in this game. Both teams had struggles in the fourth quarter, and it's kind of ironic neither one of them scored. I'm not going to lie to you. When, when B.A. took off on that, I guess it was third or fourth down, the last play of the game, and, and he's running and he slides down to run the clock out, 
I was having. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say it. I was having turnover flashbacks left and right. I almost stroked out in the mid, like in, in my steak burger. Like I looked at him and I was like, oh, God, get down. Like my voice got all high pitched and I got emotional and I hit a new. Oh, I was. Oh, I, I was terrified. I was like, oh, God, he's doing a lot of running. That would have been and, the ultimate bird off if he had just fumbled and ran it back to win the game. <laughs> With no time on the clock, Tennessee just crosses in and, uh, and scores on defense. Oh, it, I'm telling you, when I saw him take off, I was like, this is it. This like it. <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you, like I almost swallowed my tongue. Like I just, I, I was in hell for those for those six seconds. Whatever the play took, I, I just couldn't believe it. I, I was just, I was terrified. And yeah, Logan's right. That would have been the most fitting end ever, if uh, if they do something to try to just get get past all the clock and have to run without running another play, and he slips and falls and the ball squirts out and Tennessee just as Rocky Top and Tennessee Waltz and all that crap just everybody roars back to life and. All those fall fans, and I saw you fall fans that were leaving the stadium with like five and six minutes left. Um, yeah, I'm trying to come back into the place. So it would have been too late for you. Um, yeah, as, as far as a bird off goes, just an anti-coaching uh, clinic. I just thought it was a. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was everything you could ask for. I mean, we came out sluggish, knowing how important the game was to us. Uh, come out sluggish, allow a kickoff, look completely asleep on defense, and. And then to come back and win, you got to give them a lot of credit. Uh, I actually thought that we made the adjustments. I thought that we remained physical. I thought the play calling was pretty good, with the exception of that awful, hideous fake field goal. That, uh, yeah, I just thought uh, I, I had more to be encouraged. Like I can't imagine being a Tennessee fan today because they really should have won. I mean, you got to think they're more talented than Arkansas. They're they're at home. They've got a lot to play for. I mean, just everything pointed to Tennessee winning the game, and they just didn't want to win the game. Fascinating game. I'll really remember this one forever. Yep, it was a good one. Uh, The biggest thing to me, obviously, was the fake field goal. uh, Because I really (laughs) – There's another tall sweep inside the 20, too. There was that as well. I actually didn't even notice that until I came back and watched it on the on the film afterwards. But, uh, I mean, the, the field goal, I, like, as soon as they faked it, like, I didn't even see if he got it or not. As soon as he threw it to McFain, I just laid down in my seat. I was just like, oh, my God. Why, Bert? Why? And even Lord, why have you forsaken me? Even even the Tennessee fans are wow. Even Butch Dooley wouldn't do that. I was like, I know he had to one up Butch in the burn off. He won the burn off and the game. That's talent right there. That's a, that's a head scratcher. But I mean, the, the most enjoyable part of the burn off though was honestly talking to the Tennessee fans because they. It, they shared all of the views we have for, for, for Bert. It was the exact same thing, except maybe even worse, because they were actually way more passionate about it. Like, we had guys literally leaving who had season tickets in the late third quarter. They were just like, you know what? I can't even stand to watch this team anymore. With the game very much in doubt. Yeah, it, it was bad. It was bad. It was bad. But I, I think it lived up to the hype. The fake field goal alone was just like, <laughs> mind-boggling. In what world does that make sense, Bert? You need to take the points there. A, a touchdown beats you. Oh, God. I As soon as we faked it, here's I, there's so many questions I've got about it. But, but, but the biggest issue for me was by not scoring them, you really open yourself up to a 28-24 loss, which would have just murdered the soul of me. Uh, <laughs> Just like another 28-24 loss in Knoxville, that would have been it. Like I would have just, I would be hanging right now somewhere. Like that would have just done it. I'm like, I've wasted all this time. I've wasted my entire so, Saturday night. So you're saying Butch had actually went for two on this one? Uh, yeah, but Butch would have went for two. <laughs> but yeah, Butch, probably, Butch gets it and he, he turns. And he's like, man, this going for two is fun. 
Uh, the, here's the thing about the fake field goal. Like, it was, what was it, fourth and three? Yeah. It's fourth and three. You're in there. And wouldn't you rather give the ball to one of your skilled players, Raleigh Williams or Alex Collins? Yeah, to get just three go yards? for it. If you're going to just go just for go it. Just go for the play. You're throwing it to a kicker. To, what are you doing? Oh, God. I'm getting, <laughs> we won the game, and I'm still offended. I'm still down on the bird. Like, I mean, unless McFain's a track star and I didn't know about it, that makes zero sense, right? Like, you're you're running a toss sweep with your kicker, probably the worst conditioned guy. I mean, at least Sebastian Tritola would be tough to tackle if you gave it to him <laughs> on a sweep. God, you're giving so it to funny. McBain. McBain. I don't, I was, I, when I saw it, I literally put my hood over my head and just laid there. I was just like, Erica, wake me up when it's over. I can't I can't do this. can't watch. Logan, we lost. I know we did, baby. I know we I know. did. <laughs> we lost as soon as we faked that field goal. <laughs> and we still won. Time. Oh my God! Nobody wanted to win the game. Like Colby said, we got zero zero points were scored in the fourth. No one <laughs> wanted to win the game. You know, I, I, I was actually surprised. Um, I looked at Hogville, and it was almost like a fifty-fifty split on people saying, you know, if they didn't think it was that bad because Bielema was talking about the press conference. He, basically, he put the blame on himself like he should, but he was saying the reason he didn't do it is the uh, block kick. Um, you know, Headland didn't get the ball up very high, but it was mainly the snap was. They're worried about the snap and the wet conditions. So um, it's one of them things. If he gets it, it almost like a genius. But that's one. It's one of them things. You're playing. There's a fine line between playing aggressive or playing not to or playing to win, and playing smart. And that wasn't smart because you can go up by seven. And but and then another thing, like if you lose that game, you open your up yourself for so much criticism. Oh god. Oh my. Hey, hey. Even by winning the game, you open yourself up to criticism. What are you talking about? Look, normally I can agree with like there being. I like aggressive play calling. That was not aggressive play calling. That That was was stupidity. That was that was reckless. You can't do crap like that, man. You have to take the point. <laughs> You're on the road in the SEC. You have got to. You've got to take the point. You have got to take the point. But what if you? What if it gets blocked again? Would you? And they run it back for? Yeah. Okay, well, that's fine. How often do you see a block kick? Like it's still the right call. Oh no, just, I, we I, didn't I, execute. Right, right, Statistically, right they're call. not going to block two in a game. They're already right. That's what I'm saying. I was. And, uh, uh, I, I still think it's stupid. Like I don't think and, any, any explanation can make up for it. And that nonsense about the snap. You still have to snap it to fake the field goal. You've got to snap it to the deep man. So only half of that's even relevant. Bert, oh, come on. It was bad. Has Bert passed concussion protocol? Just please tell me. Like, I, I don't get it. Like, you, you know, you got old red face, butch that. Oh, by the way, these commercials they show in, in Mem- the Memphis market with him uh, painting the big, the big orange uh, t- Tennessee T, yeah. uh, really taking on a new life of its own since the game the <laughs> other night. Because I, you know, I like old Butch, and I think he, I thought he was going to succeed at Tennessee. But uh, it's just not happened yet, and and sort of like Logan's saying, man, they got a lot of mugs fired up, and they, I just don't get it. Tennessee, they've been wandering through the wilderness for so long. I mean, as you should have kept Fulmer. Yeah, it's hard to imagine. I saw a great tweet after the game, probably 15 minutes after the game, and I, I guess she's a Tennessee grad or something, and some Lori Lauren or something, but it was funny. Like she said, "Remember when we we fired Phil Fulmer and for for having a year." And none of the years following have been as good as that one since. And she had like oh, one of the emojis. Man. And I was like, man, that is a beaten down fan base right there. This is just these fans are basically they're tied up in a in a basement and they can't get out. And they're just they're they're strapped to a radiator. Like there's nothing they can oh, do. Oh God. It's just it's constant fear all the time. And I can relate to them. I really can. Like I'm cracking jokes. Like 
I mean, the thing is, like, we might have won the the battle but lost the war because now Burt's going to gain some traction, it looks like. And Butch, they're going to be able to cut their losses with Butch, maybe even mid-season. I don't know what's going to happen. But, you know, Burt, he's liable to – to turn the season around and get the six wins again, and he's gonna get an still... extension in the off season again, y'all. Get ready. <laughs> he's gonna work Jeffy for another for another. Bert twenty twenty five, baby. <laughs> hey, I, I'm still I'm still kind of on the bandwagon. I mean, on the bandwagon. I mean, I'm I'm scratching my head a little bit. Is this gonna work? But I'm not totally jumping off of it. Uh, you know, it's still just the beginning of year three, and you know, I hope I hope Bilma works out mainly because. Well, I hope he works out. Well, yeah, because, I mean, you can't go from every three years firing a coach. I mean, because, first of all, the position looks worse and worse as, it, you know, you mm. start firing coaches. So you're going to bring in worse candidates, basically, and hope you hit a home run on a up-and-comer. And that sometimes don't happen because, I mean, if they have to come and do a rebuild, you just, you just never know, honestly. Because, I mean, you see, we've seen coaches, we thought Charlie Strong was a great hire, mm. and he's not doing well. And, I mean, some places just aren't fit for coaches, so – I mean, I, I really hope he works out. I know some people don't, you know, and I, I know all of us hope he works out just because we want to see, you know, the Razorbacks get better as soon as possible. But, I mean, you see some people that honestly just want him out. And so it's like, yeah, is that the best thing for the program? So I mean, obviously oh, I want to oh, I, like, I like Bert for sure, but. It's just like we can't we can't keep losing like we've been losing though. I mean, it, the bleeding has to stop eventually. And hopefully, oh, this absolutely. Is the, and hopefully, this is it. We got an SEC win way earlier this year than we did last year. So hopefully, we can. And pick on up the road, that. and in a close game. Yeah, so hopefully we Knock can pick that up. Knock out two one stone. Yeah, and use that traction because I mean, last year once we got going, we kind of steamrolled people. Uh, minus Missouri, obviously. Um, but you know, Ole Miss was a great game. LSU was a great game. Texas was a great game. Uh, obviously, some of those teams aren't as good, Texas. But you know. Um, we'll see. I mean, hopefully we can we can we can use this momentum and you know springboard forward and beat Bama this weekend, guys. Uh, sorry. So that's my next question. So beating <laughs> Tennessee's opened up a few possibilities. Uh, we won two SEC games in 2014. Now we really do have a, a manageable home schedule the rest of the way in the SEC. We've got a struggling Auburn team. We've got Mississippi State, who's an enigma at this moment. Uh-huh. We we catch Missouri at home. Uh. Let's just say we defend the home field. All right. Let's just let's throw everything else out. We we win our home games. UT Martin, um, State, Auburn, uh, Missouri. Uh, guess how many wins that puts us at? Right up at the border, right there at six, right? Right there at six. Where we're at two now, uh, and then we win those last. Yeah. So so they're six and six again, but we're four and four in the SEC. Uh, <laughs> That's pretty good. Like, I mean, you have to almost look at it and say, gosh, like, for all the – and we shouldn't have lost to Toledo. Should have never, ever happened. But it did. we got to make the most of it going forward. If we go 6-6 six and six and 4-4 four and four in the SEC, and, and heaven forbid if we win the bowl game, I'm not saying extension, but I am saying that I could I can get behind – Feeling a lot better. <laughs> I'm feeling a lot better. Uh, after a one and three start, do you guys agree? Yeah, because you. I mean, at the beginning of the year, we were most of us said about eight, seven, five, eight, and eight, or eight and four. So honestly, we predicted four and four in conference. So we predicted Toledo and Texas Tech as the, the wins, which they should have. At least Toledo should have been a win. But both of them teams are a lot better than we thought. And saying that we still should beat Toledo, but I mean, yeah, I mean, you doubled your conference wins. And so, and you lose 12 seniors next year. And I think, I mean, I hate always saying, I'll look forward to the day where I'm not saying I'm looking forward to next year. But I mean, you know, hey, you kind of build on for next year. <laughs> yep. Logan. 
yeah, I mean, it, I think if you go if you go four and four in conference, it's a huge step in the right direction. And uh, I think, like me and Colby said, I said about eight wins at the beginning of the year, so that would have said us going four and four in conference and winning those two games. So, I mean, that's about what I predicted. I, I mean, if we make that happen, but uh, obviously, you still like. I mean, pretty much what Colby said, you got to beat Toledo. I think Texas Tech uh, was just way better than we thought they were. Um, but even as good as Toledo was, we should have still just out talented those guys. Uh, but it just didn't happen, obviously. Right, yeah. I mean, I, I'm kind of the same way. If we finish with that type of momentum, uh, and, and then you even look at it even closer, and A&M uh, is a game we really could have won. I mean, now you're talking about five, some 5-3. Five and three. And here's the thing. We don't know what happens in Alabama. We don't know what happens with Ole Miss. I mean, if Ole Miss plays like they did against Florida, I mean, I like our chances. Like, yep. I just do. Um, you know, we'll be in the game at least. So, I, again, these are that's me writing off Alabama – Ole Miss and LSU completely, but those are teams that are also, except for Alabama, probably those are teams that are, that might be limited. Uh, so yeah, I think four and four is actually kind of a step forward. And uh, you know, if they get to the bowl and, and win that, then that's another year. And I think that's, it, it definitely keeps the, the heat off of bird. It's interesting that we have this conversation every week, right? Because, yep. <laughs> it, but, but it, but we've had such crazy shifts. I mean, everybody's pretty happy after UTEP, but then you lose to Toledo and Tech, and we're like the we're getting clowned on on ESPN because Cliff set Bird on fire yeah. at his presser. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so I mean, it is a it is a fluid situation, you know. So it's a it's it's fascinating. It's a fa- it's been a fascinating season. Like, just some of the some of the emotional you know ups and downs. The upside is I'm not you know I'm trying not to get too invested in this Alabama game on Saturday. In fact, um. If, if, you know, hopefully I'm trying to go to this uh, Cubs-Cardinals game, too. Um, so I really won't be invested in Al- what's going on <laughs> in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, if I'm watching uh, the Cubs try to win a playoff game. But, um, but yeah, like that, I mean, that's sort of the thing. It, it, it's just you're sort of at that tipping point. But th- there is a way for us to now at least match what we did last year. And I don't think a lot of people would be thrilled about it, but – compared to where it could have been, that means we really saved our season. And I think there's something to be said for that. So yeah, you, you were talking about how crazy college football or Arkansas season is up and down yes. from like, you know, two weeks ago, we were like totally in the dumpster. We thought, you know, hey, we, the real possibility we win two games. I mean, it's college football. I mean, we're going to listen Hayden later or later, but I mean, after the Ole Miss game, he probably thought we might go eight and four, nine and three. And now he's thinking, you know, we might win the national championship. It's Back in the hunt. It's just crazy, and Ole Miss fans. Um, I have some friends on Facebook. They're Ole Miss fans. They've been were posting like they all went to Florida. I mean, it's just it's just mm. crazy. And then uh, you know anything can happen. It's just it's a crazy season. You look at the Pac-12. You know, Arizona State was they lost got killed by A&M. They got beat by somebody else, and then they beat the number seven UCLA team. Utah murdered uh, Oregon. Oregon yeah. it, I mean, it, it's just, it's a really crazy season. And and Chuck talked about this, and uh, I think we we're texting, and he said there's just so much parody in college football. And I know it's cliche because everybody's saying it, but it, it really is. And every year, it's just it's there's less distance between you know one to the bottom. Yeah, if you look at it, especially the SEC, uh, there's no super team in the SEC. We're used to having Alabama and Nick Saban at the top and and things like that, but. We've already seen them take a loss once this year. They've got some big games left, of course. Uh, Auburn doesn't look quite as daunting, nor does Arkansas, but they've got they have some legitimate games. They've got A and M left, who's you know Kevin Sumlin's picked up a big win in Tuscaloosa before. So 
LSU, yeah, they go, yeah, LSU, thank you, yeah. You know, LSU, they look, they've looked pretty good, and then they go the, to Syracuse the other day, and they really struggled a lot, uh, despite Leonard Fournette turning into Superman on the middle <laughs> of the Carrier Dome. They uh, struggled last week against um, some no-name uh, Eastern plan. Michigan. Yeah, Eastern they, Michigan. Yeah, they're only up six at halftime. I was really yeah. surprised at that one. So, you know, so maybe we are seeing the age of parity in, in college football, and maybe you look at it and say, okay, well, Arkansas, they overlooked Toledo, Texas Tech's undervalued, and, you know, and they had a coin flip game against A&M. So, but here's the thing. If that is the case and we're going to be playing close games, that's going to put Burt under the microscope again. The upside is we won one and we broke through. Maybe that is a mental block. I don't know. But, but yeah, you look around the nation, and even in the SEC, I mean, we haven't had – I wouldn't call Ole Miss over Alabama an upset, but it happened at Tuscaloosa. That certainly caught a lot of people by the surprise. And then Florida, who nobody really gave a ton of credit to, they just take Ole Miss to the woodshed. Um, and everybody was all crazy about the West last year and talking about could the seventh-place team in the West win the East. Well, we don't know where Florida's going to finish, but they they took the fight to Ole Miss pretty well. Um, Speaking of just, the East, I, I wish Arkansas was up there because the bottom three teams, Tennessee's, the highest one because like the, they're zero and two in conference. Vanderbilt's zero and two, and South Carolina's zero and three in conference. <laughs> Again, I mean, I well, here's what ticks me off about that too. We caught South Carolina during their historical peak years, <laughs> uh, and now they're off the schedule, and there's no end in sight, and they're just catching L's <laughs> from everybody. Like, and then we we'll pick up Florida next year. Oh, yeah, God. fantastic! As soon as McElwain gets that thing rolling, you know, so that Did they the S- I, yeah, I didn't see Ooh. that. I didn't know that was a thing yet. Yeah. Because I because I was kind of mad because before the season I was like oh we don't get it to you know maybe pay back, back Tennessee at home and uh, and then I seen Florida and I was like ah but now like it's like crap we got Florida coming on the schedule because you know they're going to recruit well and they've been yeah so I, you know you hate to talk about parity it sounds almost like but it is what it is everybody's got scholarship players everybody's got eighty five of them you get guys that transfer out to the opportunity to play from bigger universities I mean. It, again, you look at Kentucky. Kentucky's they had to survive the other night, but they're a lot better under Mark Stoops. They've got, um, and and I don't know if that's just I don't know if that's good or bad for the sport. Maybe having more parity and anything can happen, but uh, it is what it is. I mean, there's just no. I mean, if you ask me right now, who I think would win the national championship, I wouldn't have a clue. Ohio yeah. State has struggled mightily. I I really couldn't say who's looked the best from one week to the next. I mean, I. I don't know. Like maybe it is LSU. Maybe well, Fournette just puts the team on his back. I really don't know. A lot Utah. of people are saying Utah is like yeah, his... U- Utah. Utah looks the best so far, like every week anyway. But it'll but... probably change next week because I mean that's how it always is. Yeah. yeah. Well, guys, we need to go ahead and break down this Bama game. Uh, obviously, Alabama's four and one. This game's in Tuscaloosa. Uh, what do you guys think? Do you think this guy? Do you think the the mental breakthrough at Tennessee helps us out here? Uh, no, uh, I've, I've already I've already made my prediction with uh with with Hayden uh, on the uh, just earlier today, um, and, and of course stay tuned for that. Uh, I mean I, I don't think we'll embarrass ourselves. I think we'll go down there. I think we'll shorten the game. We'll move the ball. It'll be like last year. I think I said Alabama twenty eight thirteen because our defense has really come on a lot. But I, I just you know that, that's asking a lot right now. And um, but I, I hopefully we get out of it healthy and we uh we get after it these next couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, um, I think it's going to be closer. The spread came out at sixteen. I don't know if the lines moved any, but um, I think I think we'll. My prediction, you'll find out pretty soon. But I, it's I think it's a fairly. It's going to be a close game, closer than people think. Logan, yeah, what think, do you think? 
I think it is going to be a lot closer than people think. Uh, Coker's had some struggle a little bit in some of these bigger games. So uh, if we could stop their run and put the pressure on that guy, I do think the I do think the game will be a lot closer than uh, than people anticipate. I'm going to go ahead and say we lose the game 20 to 17 though in a close. Wow, one. very close. 20 to 17. That's my prediction. I wasn't on for the interview. All right. Well, uh, if you've been listening to us for a while, you'll remember our, our next guest. Uh, he's a um, he's a um, we had him on over the summer to talk about Alabama and their football team this year. Uh, Alabama, of course, fresh off of a uh, a key win last Saturday against the University of Georgia. This is Alabama super fan Hayden uh, Richard George. Hayden Richard, what's happening? I think he botched my botched my middle name, but I I didn't I did not. It's Richard now. We're gonna be all right. It's Richard. I can do that as long as it's not rigged. No, not rigged. Uh, and if it was, I'm sure maybe maybe Mark I, will change his name I, after last. I week. would I'm definitely sure. be underachieving. Very underachieving. Oh man, he's still firing shots today, Coles. Are you hearing this? I know it's bad. Well, but you know they open themselves up to some of that. Um, you know Hayden, what's the what's the Explain sort of going from the Ole Miss loss, which was sort of a – I think a lot of people expected – I certainly did – expected Alabama to come out guns a-blazing against Ole Miss and they let the Rebels get them for the second year in a row. But then you turn right around and beat Georgia. I mean, what, what was that like as a fan? Like, what were you thinking going into the Georgia game? What were you thinking after the Ole Miss game? You know, going into the Ole Miss game, I figured that Jay Coker would start and then Cooper comes out and tries to – I don't know, I guess change the change the tempo of the way the offense was gonna run that night and just didn't really work. Coker came in, made a lot of plays, uh, made a couple boneheaded throws right into coverage and and cost us. Um, but I mean you turn the ball over five times and I mean you're gonna you're gonna have teams like Ole Miss that are really good and they're gonna capitalize on it. Um, and then going into Georgia, um, I you know, I figured I figured this would be a team that we can compete with because Georgia, Georgia isn't a spread you out team that's going to throw the ball 40, 50 times a game. They're going to line up. They're going to play smash mouth football, a lot like Arkansas. They got great running backs, and you know that's when that's when Kirby Smart and Nick Saban can really, you know that that's one thing they can they can they can make their subs. You know that defensive line is so good they don't have to worry about anybody wearing down, um, and you know that the secondary play. Oh, they just played great and played a lot better than they had in the Ole Miss game. So um, that was a big win. The offense offense played really well. We needed someone to step up at receiver and um, in place of Robert Foster, who's out for the year, and we got that in Calvin Ridley. So, so I think what? I think Alabama fans, the confidence is really high going into this Arkansas game. So. Oh, th- 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 thanks for the good news. I think Bielema referred to y'all's uh, defensive line as, or no, he said he made the comment that they it's like they have a machine and they've made like twelve of them and they don't miss a beat when the you know next three come in because y'all run a three, uh, uh, what a three four defense so, and y'all have what play about twelve defensive linemen. Twelve or thirteen. There's a there's a lot of them. Well, well, while you're talking about defensive linemen, how is uh, Josh Frazier, since he's from Arkansas, does he get any playing time there? Or? No, not really. He's, I think he's still kind of, he'll he'll play he'll play in mop up duties, um, just to just to get guys experience. You know, that's why that's why we don't cover cover the spread in a lot of games against opponents that we should. Because um, of Josh Frazier? No, I'm kidding. Because of Josh Frazier. No, we 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 like to get those guys experience, um, just in case their name is called. 
called on. So, well, they uh. So what you're telling me is that um, with, with Georgia, I mean, do you think the Arkansas game will go a lot like the Georgia game? I, I need to know if I'm going to have to skip that one or not. You know, I don't. I don't really know how this game's going to go because you know I, I'm kind of a, kind of afraid that we're on the hat, we're going to suffer what Ole Miss kind of went through. You know, coming off a big win at Alabama. And then they go the next week to Vanderbilt kind of, I don't know, they, they really play down to Vanderbilt's competition. So I I don't think that'll happen because this is a Nick Saban coach team. He's got his guys ready to play. So I I expect that it'll be competitive for a, for a really good while, especially especially the way it was last year. I think Arkansas is ready to come out and, you know, this being Brandon Allen last year, he really won that win against Alabama. And to do it in Tuscaloosa would be really special. So I, I expect it to be really competitive. Mm, mm. You're putting a lot of stock in Brandon Allen. It sounds like. Um, I did hear um, Feldman come on. Um, uh, I can't think of his first name. He came on Madeline's show and he said, you know, definitely give the quarterback edge to Arkansas in this game. Well, that's a plus. But you know what? What bothers me about this game, or you know, concerns me is. It goes back to last year. Alabama's strength is our defensive line, their linebackers, our strengths are running game. And so it just kind of comes down, you know, if uh, like Aiden was saying, the defensive backs played really well last week. So it just kind of comes if the quarterback, Brian Allen, and the receivers can make plays. You know, I think this is um, – sorry to interrupt. No, I said you, you got to – I mean, you can't just run it down Alabama's throat like you can in other teams, which I think the running game's really kind of developed. Arkansas really kind of – have identity now. They kind of it was kind of a crisis at the beginning of the year. They couldn't figure out what they wanted to do, but I think they have to capitalize on their their defensive backs. I think yeah, Ra- Raleigh, game. Raleigh Williams has been really impressive in place of Jonathan. I was I hadn't even heard of this kid, and, and then he comes out against I think it was A and M is the game I was watching. He he just looked really good. He looked a lot like Jonathan Williams. You know, short, stocky, had really good speed. He was really shifty. He's really really good change of pace back along with Collins. So. Well, you know, he's probably, if we're really being honest about it, he's probably the next Matt Forte, um, you know, just or, or Shady McCoy, whichever one you prefer. I just I see him having that type of potential. Uh, I don't know that we'll see it this week, but uh, but he's he's certainly been a pleasant surprise uh, and has stepped up. And I mean, I think once you've seen him emerge is when Arkansas has really gotten going. So, um, all right. So, Hayden, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot, man. Uh what, what, what's your prediction for Saturday? What, what do you see happening? And um, sort of who, who's going to be Alabama's player of the game, I guess. Uh, what I think will happen is I, I'm sorry, but I do think it'll be a lot like Georgia. Um, mm. I think, I think that this is going to be a game where Kirby and Nick, they, they decide, you know, we're going to stack the box with seven or eight guys and we're going to play man-to-man on the outside and say, Brandon Allen, you, you're going to have to beat us with your depleted receiving core. Um, Probably a good call. I, I think that this will be a game. it be a lot like last year. Um, Alabama is going to have to make Arkansas one-dimensional. But, you know, Brandon Allen showed last year he can make a lot of plays. But, um, but I think, like I said, with the secondary playing a lot better in last week against Georgia, I think, I think their confidence is really high. And then especially with Jake Coker, I mean, it, I can't say enough about how surprised I am with how well he's played. For for the questionable decisions that he's made, I'm, 
I'm so impressed that he's come out, he's shown leadership, he's taken command of the offense, and I think that means a lot, not just to not just to the offense, but to Nick Saban and Lane Kiffin as well. So I I say if I had to give a prediction, I'll say it's gonna be I'm gonna say it'll be thirty eight to ten. I think it'll be thirty eight to ten again back mm. in the weeks and it'll be be Alabama's favor. Mm. And if I had to if I had to pick a game, uh, a player of the game, I would, I'd have to say it's either going to be, it's either going to have to be Jacob Coker or Reggie Ragland, and I, I'll say Reggie Ragland because he's he may have the task of covering Hunter Henry, and I, I expect Hunter Henry to get a lot of targets come Saturday. Mm, as he should, Colby. What do you think? Yeah, I do like where this game falls for Arkansas right after Georgia, right before A and M, which A and M, it's kind of. It came to really a three-team battle. Actually, I guess Ole Miss is still in it, but LSU, A&M, and Alabama, and I guess Ole Miss is still in it, but they've got a really tough game to look for, you know, before. So they're coming off for probably the highest they've been all year, and then they come to Arkansas game, and then they got a task of not looking forward to A&M. So I like where Arkansas stands. And if you know what I said last week, I said if Arkansas wins against Tennessee, they'll win seven. We all said mm-hmm. probably six. So saying that, I think Arkansas will lose. But um, I think it's going to – Arkansas has held every opponent they've played this year to their lowest of the year. But I'm looking at Alabama's scores, and the lowest they've scored all year is 34. Mm. I think it's going to be 28-20 Alabama. Man, interesting. Uh, you got to like the tide here. Uh, I just I just don't see how Arkansas has a lot of offenses, offensive success. Uh, it's it, they've been they've been fine. I mean, you know, serviceable on that side, but it's just I mean, I really think twenty four points could win the game for Alabama. I mean, college, uh, I'll say twenty eight to thirteen tied, and uh, and that's with the defense playing pretty well. Uh, maybe a turnover decides it. But um, Hayden, what uh now have your have your sights have they adjusted at all? Like before the year, you were thinking that team would definitely win the West maybe compete for the SEC. Obviously, you've gotten a loss on you early on, but Auburn's not quite what they were cracked up to be. You've got a big game against A&M left. Are your, are your expectations still the same, you know, maybe being in the hunt for another semifinal berth? Or? I think I think coming after George, uh, coming up, coming off this Georgia win, I think that my expectations do remain the same as they did going into the, going into the year because, I mean, that that is how good Alabama can be against obviously the way they played against Georgia. And I mean, losing to Ole Miss, if you have five turnovers, a team should beat you by seventy points. And we only lost the game by six. We still had a chance to win it at the end. Um we were a couple we were an interception away just when Coker throws it up into coverage and we kinda kinda fell off the end right there. So I, I think my expectations remain the same. I I still think we can win the West. It's gonna be tough because Go to Texas A&M next week. Brand new Kyle Allen. Uh, um, Kyle Allen Field. Yeah, Kyle Allen Field. I'm already, already looking head, looking ahead to A&M, and then, then Tennessee. Not too worried about Tennessee, and then we have a bye before we play LSU, and then that's going to be fun trying to stop Leonard Fournette. So, well, and, he's trying to take his team to the BCS, man. Yeah, that, I'm telling you, you got to look that up on my Twitter. I've oh, got, I saw it. I've got it there and everything. Leonard Fournette saying saying the BCS is still around kind of threw me off. Um. So all right. So 
is there any doubt in your mind? Like, are, are you sort of like looking at Ole Miss now? I mean, obviously, yeah, five turnovers entirely too much. But after seeing how Ole Miss looked in the swamp the other night, is that something that concerned you as a Bama fan, or or did you feel like that Ole Miss game was really more just uh, Crimson Tide mistakes, or or what? Yeah, I, you think Ole Miss was overvalued? I guess is the question. I think Ole Miss still has a lot of potential with, with Chad Kelly running that offense. Like I said, he's definitely an upgrade from Bo Wallace. So, with that receiving core they have, and that defense is that defense is nasty with Kendichi and Tony Connor, myself, Trey Elston. No, they're they're filthy good. But I I, I think I think there's still a lot of uh, potential in Ole Miss, and they just they just got the better end of us that night. So. Colby, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, Alabama had a lot of turnovers that game. And Ole Miss, I mean, they looked really good. But like Hayden said, you have five turnovers. I mean, it's a whole different game. Arkansas, you know, against A&M had, what, two turnovers, and they're just really costly. Uh-huh. Um, and that's a difference. I mean, I think there's probably – I've heard of a stat or anything, but if you lose the turnover battle, it's like – I forgot. It's a very high percentage. You lose the game. So, And then when you have, you know, five turnovers, I mean – and Alabama almost came back and won that game. Right. Um, Chad Keller reminds me of uh, Marshall Henderson. He's really good, <laughs> but he can blow up, and um, I think it's coming. But, yeah, Ole Miss is really good, and Alabama's really good. And I, I was just kind of surprised because I, I figured Alabama was – it was a revenge game. I'm kind of really big in revenge games, and, and uh, especially like this one, how it was. You know, Ole Miss had to be in Alabama forever. And it was coming back to Tuscaloosa, so I really thought you know Alabama would just kill them, and it just didn't work out that way. So I mean, I mean Alabama, A and M, Ole Miss, LSU—they're all really, really good. So I want to I want to throw two two stats out here real quick. Is that I love okay? stats. Okay, in Alabama's last two conference home games, going back to last year against Auburn and this year against Ole Miss, do you want to try and guess how many points they've given up? Oh, almost 90. I, I was thinking about that, yeah. 87. Ooh. 87 points in their last two home games. That's got to be a two-game high in Bryant-Denny Stadium history, right? I'm, I have no doubt that there is. And then the other stat I want to throw out there, not to not to take some jabs at y'all or anything, but oh, here we go. Arkansas has not scored a point in Tuscaloosa in four years, going back to 2011. Mm-hmm. Well, but there's only been two games. <laughs> like, uh, allow me to try to make it sound a little better. I know uh, that, but it's well, 2011. Didn't we score 14? 14, yeah. I hurt your boy and lost. I mean, we, we got killed. We got beat pretty bad. We scored for. There's only one game we didn't score, and that was that 52 to nothing. That's a lot of not scoring, but. Yeah, well, that's the thing. We played there in 13. We played. We played there in 13 and then 11. And yeah, 11. I think we even scored last in that game, but. But yeah, I mean, yeah, we haven't scored in there in four years. But it sounds it sounds funny when you say it that way. You know, you haven't scored there in four years, right? Uh, but but that that that's the I guess that's the and again, of course, it remains to be seen what we're going to do tonight too. Um, and of course, the the fifty two to nothing was was Bielma's first year, and that was just a debacle. We couldn't even uh, couldn't even kick a field goal, as I recall. So um, of course, I mean, now we've got no problem faking them this year, so that's good. <laughs> Um, anything else uh, to add for Colby or Hasty or anybody? 
I'm just looking forward to hopefully a good game and hopefully Arkansas can make it competitive. I, I think it will be a close game. I just and I could be wrong. I've been wrong plenty of times, but oh, absolutely, you have. <laughs> Hasty. Any like parting said, shots for us? Like I said, like I said on Twitter, this is my favorite week of the year: Alabama versus Arkansas. Growing the worst up week in of Arkansas, the year. growing up in Arkansas, being an Alabama fan. You get the you get the whole oh root for the root for the team that that state you live in. Well, uh, well it's not that's not how I was raised. So mm. it's my mm. favorite week of the year, and I'm looking forward to Saturday. Sounds like there's some there's some hate in your heart, man. No, there's no hate in my heart. Hate's no very hate. Strong word. Strong word. Well, that was my homie Hayden George. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter. Is it just at Hayden George? It's at Hayden George underscore 15, capital H. Oh, that's capital right. H, capital H and capital G underscore that's 15. Old number 15, that is correct. Hasty is a student at Arkansas State University, big Alabama fan. Uh, any question I need answered about the Tide, he's he's my uh, my first call. And this is um, – he's, he's just an all-around good guy. You know, don't, don't – don't, um, let him taking shots at Arkansas fool you. He's actually a he's a real sweetheart. So, um, you know, I, I'll go to bat for my boy HG. 